Welcome, pool seniors. Please stow any loose items, buckle your seatbelts, keep arms and legs inside the ride at all times, and most importantly, enjoy your ride aboard the Pool Scene Podcast Swim Meet Series. Like a roller coaster you've rode a million times. No element of surprise because I told you last week we were releasing this episode in lieu of a pool check. And it's because I got excited. I ended up writing way too many notes <laughs> for a pool check. So this had to happen. I'm Kevin. I'm joined by Jim. Hey, now get those restraints tightened on and hold on, people. It's going to be a ride. Jim, would you call yourself a coaster enthusiast? Here, I was thinking this when I was taking a dump. So what's where great men do their thinking? You got guys like El Toro Ryan out there. You have, you know, Coaster Studios. Coaster Studios. You have all these guys out there. Ryan's Road 800. Taylor, he's written just, he just hit 1,000. They're considered enthusiasts. I've only written 40 complete coasters. I would say I'm a roller coaster fan. I feel like you have to get to at least three, 400 before you become an enthusiast. Isn't there a, a financial barrier though? Oh, there's a big you know financial I mean? it's barrier. It's like getting us way off track already. Yeah. Pardon the pun. But like the Ronaldinho thing. Oh, yeah. So his dad, when Ronaldinho was a child, and this makes me want to cry. When Ronaldinho was a child, his dad gave him a soccer ball and says, you know what? You should practice in your bare feet so you can really get a feel for the ball on your foot. He couldn't afford to buy him cleats. Yeah. So his dad told him to play in his bare foot. And then when, when Ronaldinho won the, the golden ball or golden boot, whatever, he said, I don't cry because of the achievement. I cry because my dad's not here to see it. Yeah. But there's a financial barrier. Oh, you know what God. I mean? Like Taylor and Sarah are now in Europe again. Yeah, and like so Altor like, Ryan's been on Edgenica and he's been to Fuji Q Highland, Highland and, and like Energy Landia. It also parts. helps that he's like an engineer for like the right. state of New Jersey. Sure. So I, I think you can be an enthusiast, but there is a financial barrier because you got to be able to travel to do all these things. You we are movie enthusiasts. Yes, there you go. Not much of a financial barrier <laughs> yeah, on that. Very good movie. Yeah. I would call myself a coaster enthusiast junior. Okay. But there's nothing junior about me as I'm usually in jeopardy of taking the walk of shame for not fitting on a roller coaster. Although I will say I've never actually had to do that. I think I'm more so afraid of not fitting on coasters, but there have been some tight squeezes, especially on Intamin coasters. Oh, they're notorious for that. We'll teach you about Intamin shortly, but first, roller coasters have existed in some form for hundreds of years. Some mystery surrounds the term roller coaster, supposedly an early American design included a sled coasting over ramps where rollers were installed. All right. So you think about like those like shipping, like when you put the rollers into a shipping container. And you just slide it down. And, and so put a slide on those rollers. That was like an early design. In Japan, roller coasters are called jet coasters. The Japanese make shit any type of stuff. Final dead coaster. They make coaster. everything sound cool. Yeah. What do you mean, Doc? All the best stuff is made in Japan. The first roller coaster patent was issued in 1885. Think about how long ago that was. Oh, a long time ago. Marty was there. Yeah, 1885 related to the Switchback Railway at Coney Island. Oh, yeah. 
Before that, in the 17th century in Russia, wooden reinforced slides were built on mountains to slide down. So basically just tracks that kept you from, you know, going astray. So you basically just get on your sled and these walls essentially would keep you. Those were like the earliest roller coasters. The first modern coaster was the Promenade Ariennes at Parc Beaujon in Paris in 1817. This was wheeled cars locked into a track. About six more of these were built like immediately, but then popularity died down. People were kind of over it. Because people died. Yeah, probably. Until the 1800s and then like similar designs returned for a while. These basically were just like figure eight shaped loops that would just go around and around. There's nothing like speed involved. It's very, very low speed. Stateside in 1827, there was the Mach Chunk Switchback Railway in Mach Chunk, Pennsylvania, which is now known as Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania. This was a gravity railroad, which was used to deliver coal. By 1850, early thrill seekers were paying to take rides on what they just called Gravity Road. All right, cool. Using Gravity Road as an inspiration, LaMarcus Adna Thompson began work on his own Gravity Road at Coney Island, which is is the patent I mentioned earlier. Riders would climb to the top of a platform, so basically walk upstairs to the top of a platform, and then ride a car, which was basically just a bench, and they would ride the bench down a 600-foot-long track. Not high, long. Only 600 feet. And then they would eventually gain enough momentum to get to the top of the other side, like a half pipe. Hopefully. And then would be switched onto another track and then return back. This was replaced later to become a full circuit after Philip Hinkle introduced his complete circuit coaster at Coney Island the same year, which also had the first lift hill. So no walking up to the top of the ramp. It brought you to the ramp and then it also just completed a loop. Okay, no no really reason cool. for switching. Hinkle's coaster was called Gravity Pleasure Road, which sounds like the Whoa. name of a Japanese wrestling pay-per-view. <laughs> it does. I'm going to win the belt at Gravity, Gravity Pleasure, Pleasure Road. Road. In retaliation, Thompson then got the patent for roller coasters that included dark tunnels with painted scenery, which were soon found all over the U.S. Different types of coasters popped up in the early 1900s, and then the famous Coney Island Cyclone opened at Coney Island in 1927. Cyclone still stands, coming up on a yeah. 100 years. It's an 85-foot-tall wooden coaster with a top speed of 60 miles per hour and 2,640 feet of track. There's only one thing more frightening than the drops, twists, and turns of Coney Island Cyclone at Astroland. It's backfire. Ride the dreaded Cyclone backwards, twisting, turning, screaming. The Cyclone's backfire rides weekdays only, and it's included on Astroland's pay one price ticket. Challenge the Cyclone in reverse. Backfire if you dare at the new Astroland at Coney Island.
Then the Great Depression started in the 30s. Not a lot of interest in roller coasters through the Great Depression. I think there was a lot of things going on in people's lives. Didn't have a lot of money going around to build them or to pay to ride them. Yeah. Then Disneyland introduced the Matterhorn bobsleds designed by Aero Development. It was the first coaster to use tubular steel track. This type of track meant it could be bent into sharper angles in any direction, opening the door for loops, corkscrews, and inversions. 13 years later, King Island in Cincinnati here in Ohio, the roller coast, the racer, a racing wooden roller coaster with a red train and a blue train that would run side by side was open. The racer marked a new era for coasters and is responsible for the first roller coaster enthusiasts. Okay, cool. Because nothing existed ever like the racer. People were like horny for the racer. (laughs) What qualifies as a roller coaster is sort of controversial. A coaster does not need to be a complete circuit. And I'd say it's not even a qualifier to have at least two or more cars to to constitute what would be called a train because wild mouse coasters exist and run with single cars. Yeah. But then again, is stuff like Superman Escape from Krypton a coaster? I personally say no. That's what Cedar Point believes too. But some probably would say it is because to me, it's just like a half pipe. It's on a coaster track. It's a train, but it goes up one side and then up the other side backwards and then back. Just like Wicked Twister was. Just Wicked Twister, exactly. And then, so again, I, I would say we're not exactly novices, but we're not experts. So Jim, let's give the pool sceners a little coaster vocabulary yeah, and out. history before we get into our lists. The most popular coaster manufacturers in no particular order are probably B&M, RMC, Intamin, Construction, Premier Rides, GCI, and then some others. Switzerland is kind of the mecca of oh. roller coaster design. Yeah. That's where most of the design comes from. And then some terms. So hypercoaster has a drop of at least 200 feet. The first hypercoaster, moonsault scramble at Fuji Q. Well, I think this actually was, um, maybe it was at Fuji Q. Yeah. I don't know. It was 1984. The term hypercoaster wasn't coined until Magnum XL 200 opened at Cedar Point in 1989. We love Magnum so much. My, my, my. Look who's riding the Magnum. Giga Coaster, which is 300 feet and above. At least 300 feet. At least 300. Term was coined again by Cedar Point for the creation of the Millennium Force by, in conjunction with Intamin, who made it. Beyond gravity, beyond velocity, gravity knows no force like Millennium Stratocoaster, at least 400 feet. 400 feet or higher. Two, maybe three of these exist. The questionable one I mentioned a moment ago is Superman Escape from Krypton because is it a coaster? I'd say all three are controversial. Yeah. Because we have... We have King Daka yeah. at Six Flags Great America uh-huh. outside of New Jersey. 128, 3.5, 456, 0. 128, 3.5. Memorize these answers because once you ride King Daka, the tallest, fastest 
fastest roller coaster on earth. Who knows what you'll remember? How fast did it go? 128 miles per hour. How many seconds to get to full speed? 3.5. How many feet in the air did you fly? 456. How many coasters in the world are like it? Zero. Come out and experience a whole new great adventure. Buy one, get one free admission Monday through Thursday with a can of Coke. Currently, not so much. It's not running because it's being reimagined. We had Top Thrill Dragster, which was the world's first Stratocoaster mm -hmm. at 420 feet. But the incident where the piece fell off of the ride and hit somebody in the station. Now the ride is being torn up. New launch is being put in. A possibility of a spike. We'll talk about that later. Again, Superman. Yep. Escape from Krypton. A launch coaster. So these are coasters that use electromagnetic propulsion to launch the train up hills. This is in contrast to the old school oh, chain. chain lifts where a chain on the track would pull the train up the hill. These are LIM or LSM launches. Yeah, you'll see these on many of the old coasters you ride. There are more modern versions of the chain lift, which are essentially like a cable pulley. Yeah, but it's more of a nostalgia thing, so it takes yeah. you longer to get the up the noise, hill. the click, 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 click. Oh, click. yeah. There's not a lot, but there are powered roller coasters. So mostly kids roller coasters or small roller coasters. Still counts as a credit. Yeah, Still it does. Counts. Where they don't use like momentum and gravity because like a, a traditional roller coaster, like with a lift hill and like a chain will pull you up to the top of the hill. And then gravity. And then gravity takes over and you just coast down the rest until you get to the next area or whatever. Well, powered roller coasters sort of like drive you the whole time. Yeah. They have like an engine or a motor. Dive coaster, actually developed by B&M. These are coasters where drops are 90 degrees or near or even beyond 90 degrees. Most of them will like hang you over the edge for a second. Val Raven. Yeah, where you'll just, you'll, you know, dive. Flying coaster, the trains are suspended below the track to Gate simulate keep. flying. Yeah, like X-Flight. Below the coast. At Geauga Lake. Yes, right Geauga Lake. Are you ready for the ride of your life? Well, the folks at Six Flags Ohio are making the offer as they unveil plans for the new roller coaster there called X Flight. Designers say the coaster will reverse the laws of gravity, calling it the first flying roller coaster in the Midwest. You'll be seated backwards and taken up more than 100 feet for an unforgettable ride. Stand-up coaster, you're strapped in while standing. The newest one is SeaWorld Orlando's Surf Coaster. Floorless coaster, no floor underneath you, legs just dangle. These can be combined with other designs, like you can have a floorless dive coaster. Yeah. Suspended coaster, these have a car that hangs suspended below the track on a pivoting fulcrum that allows swinging as you ride. Iron Dragon. Iron, oh, the bat. Yeah. El Toro Ryan, check out his uh, video on the bat. Because the problem initially, because the bat was the first one to be created. They did not expect, well, Arrow, at the time, same with Magnum. There was no computers to build these things. So they yeah. basically did it on paper and they built it. Problem was the G-forces on these rides. <laughs> the bat lasted three months before it was permanently done because there were stress fractures all along yeah. the metal tubing. Big colossal waste of money. In the shadows of falling darkness, wings of the night creature await their silent signal from the moon. Darting madly through a starless sky, the frenzied flight of the bat takes you by surprise and leaves you breathless, hanging in midair, captured alive by the bat. Fly the bat at King's Island. It's a non-stop fright.
wing coaster, which again, rather than being on the track, you're on either side of the track. So the first wing coaster didn't show up in the US until 2012. And still, I think there's only a total of four of them in the US 11 years later, one of which is Gatekeeper at Cedar Point, which we got stuck on the first time we wrote it. (laughs) Inversion, just like it sounds, anytime a coaster spins you upside down, there can be loops, corkscrews, all sorts of creative twists. Ejector airtime versus floater airtime. Ejector airtime. The Phoenix, baby. Is rarer. And when you rise out of your seat. So ejector airtime's like, this roller coaster is trying to throw me out of my restraint vibe. Actively trying to Final Destination kill me. Yes, ejector airtime's associated with pulling G-forces. Floater airtime, it's like that feeling of weightlessness as you go over hills. Like, you feel that in a car sometimes. Oh, yeah. You know, so a lot of people will tell you ejector airtime hurts, but I'd say ejector airtime is what a lot of roller coaster enthusiasts are after. Yeah. What do you prefer? In a way, ever since, we'll talk about it later when we get to our top five lists, but the Phoenix at Knobles actively tries to kill you. Mm-hmm. I've never ridden a roller coaster. It's a Woody. It's it's won awards. A basic lap bar. There's no over-the-shoulder yeah. restraints. Coming down some of those, you have to ride seat three. That's a golden seat. We'll talk about the golden seats later. I'm still scared to think about Big Dipper at oh, Jungle Lake. Dude, we were on the verge of death every time we rode that ride. Yeah. That thing was rickety and old, but the Phoenix, there were times where I literally was standing straight up in my seat with a yeah. lap bar. Yeah. It's insane. Credits. So this is what roller coaster enthusiasts call coasters that they've been on. So yeah. I have 69 credits. I have nice. 420 credits. <laughs> uh, I have 311 credits. Yeah! Uh, Jim, one last thing before we get into our lists. All-time favorite theme park, favorite coaster manufacturer, Ooh. favorite style of coaster. All right. All-time favorite park. And of course, it has to be a park that I've gone to because I yeah, can't just no. say, oh, I love Kings Island. Never fucking been there. I have no idea. So for me, it will always be Geauga Lake. Don't worry, Teddy. I'll be all right. I'm ready. You challenge me, the way? I came to Geauga Lake to fight you. I You know, Teddy, he puts up a pretty good fight. Growing up as a kid, you know, if I was good throughout the week, my mom and dad would take me to Geauga Lake because it was cheap to get in. Back in the day, like we just talked about, Big Dipper, Raging Wolf Bobs, you would have bruises like you got the yeah. shit beat out of you. Second roller coaster I ever went on was the Double Loop at Geauga Lake. And it also had like the wave pool. It had all these other amenities, but it was just a fun family park. So I'm going to, this can be controversial because like I would go Geauga Lake slash Six Flags. Don't miss the spectacular opening season of Six Flags. Flags Worlds of Adventure. Six Flags purchased SeaWorld Ohio to create the greatest theme park on Earth. Now, one ticket gets you so much. Six Flags Worlds of Adventure. Wild life, wild rides. What ended up killing Geauga Lake yeah, in the end. but like you, I have personal sentiment attached to Geauga Lake, but when I was old enough to drive. Yeah. So Geauga Lake was across the lake from SeaWorld. And when Six Flags bought it, they were like, we're just buying all of it. And we're going to open it up. We're going to put... They had the could, bridge across could, the there lake. There was a bridge you could walk. There was actually two bridges you could walk. There was ferries you could take yeah. over if you wanted to. But they opened it up so you could go. You could do the theme park. You could do the SeaWorld. And they had shows. Oh, yeah. They had like 40 movie, which had Leslie Nielsen in it. It was a Pirates thing. They had like a Batman show that you could watch. Ton of shit. We bought a season pass 
Because I think it was, I want to say it was like 40 bucks or 30 bucks to get into the park. But a season pass was like $55. Because initially it became Jug Lake, Six Flags Ohio. Then it became Six Flags Worlds of yes. Adventure when they bought SeaWorld. Yes. Six Flags Worlds of Adventure. So to me, those years when it was Six Flags Worlds of Adventure and like we would be bored. I've talked about this before. Yeah. And we would just like drive there you'd have to pay oh it was cheap parking it was awesome it's just sad because i love the six flag experience too but it grew way too fast for yeah. the area it was it wasn't in cleveland everybody no. it's aurora ohio there is nothing else in aurora no, it's not even like it's akron or there were any. no hotels there was yeah. you could it wasn't a destination place because you'd yeah. have to stay up 30 miles out for the yeah. nearest hotel it was always somewhat busy but it was it was just local it but was it was just, fun it was amazing so then favorite brokers manufacturer Okay, for me, RMC, Rocky Mountain Construction, has done some amazing things to older rides. Like, they converted Mean Streak, would beat the shit out of you, to Steel Vengeance, which a lot of people have as their number one roller coaster in the world. Where will it be on our list? We don't know. We'll tell you later. For me, though, I love the rickiness of Arrow. It just, because I love Magnum so much. I I have such, Arrow is insane to me because, like, no computer generated. They made two out of my top five coasters, but Arrow made most, not most, but but like a lot of what's at Disney. Arrow yeah. made the Disney teacups. They did. But then they also made Magnum. And now Arrow is is gone under. They've, yeah. they've defunct. It's initially because doing research on Magnum, when you go past the main drop and into the tunnel, when you come out the other end, there used to be a massive yeah. a swing almost to the opposite side. Problem is, it created so much G-force that it was compromising the track and they had to change the layout. I, uh, so mine's probably either B&M or RMC. So yeah. I, I really want... Bollinger Mabillard. Yeah, I really want to ride all the RMC coasters in the U.S. Yeah. Which I'm chipping away at them, but yeah, I'd like to try and ride all the RMCs. So smooth. But I mean, it's silky B&M smooth. B&M just makes like such a more of like a diverse portfolio of coasters yeah. that I, I really appreciate B&M. And I heard they might jump on. There was this new coaster design that they're testing right now called X-Axis. Okay. Where it's basically you are on your seats are basically on a like a suspended pole and it rotates around you. So oh you God. go you rotate around the coaster with your seat moving every now and then okay. with it. So not only are you stationary, if you could take a bank, your whole seat spins while the coaster so is still going sort forward. Of, I mean, that's sort of like the 40 coasters, like yes, like edge that's what it is. It, but those flip forward and backwards, yeah. not this one will spin 360. Lateral. Yeah. All right. And then finally, favorite style of coaster. Oh, for me, I'll say it's definitely a hyper coaster or giga coaster, excluding top thriller, King to Ka. For me, has to be an actual ride. So yeah. a full loop with other actual ride elements. So not just being launched up a hill and down the other side. Hot take again. I think of those as rides and not coasters. Top thrill dragster is a ride. It is not a roller coaster. Really? I'm, so- I'm sorry. It is not. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Top Throw Dragster is like 16 seconds. It sucks. It sucks. To me, give me like a coaster that you actually get on a train, you take a ride, even if it's two minutes. You get a two-minute experience. Yeah, not just like, okay, we launched you up a hill and now you're done. Now, I'll be interested to see what this reimagining dragster will be, what elements are going to add to this. Three hours to wait in a line for 16 seconds is not fun. For me, nothing beat like Millennium Force. 
you have a minimal restraint. You have nothing on your sides. I just love a traditional like roller coaster car like that. Yeah. I don't need like these flying coasters are amazing. These wings are great suspended. I have a heartfelt thing for I'm just not a big fan of the over the shoulder straps. Millennium Force hit it right now. You look at all these coasters now. People are like, well, Millennium Force kind of a boring track layout. It was the first giga. Yeah. And it still holds a special place in my heart. Well, yeah, stuff like that is definitely my favorite. Now, the difference between Millennium Force, like Millennium Force does, I mean, despite being Intamin and having very small seats and small seat belts yeah. for, for larger riders. Well, Intamin, not friendly to, to larger riders, but when you look at something like Millennium Force actually has like a very comfortable sort of ride experience yeah. as far as like being open on the side. And, and it's the a lap tame, bar. it's a tame giga yeah. now. Yeah. But like something like Sky Rush at oh. Hershey Park, yeah. which is just one of the most controversial coasters because it's a lot of shit of the restraints. Plus, yeah, that is a lot of coaster fit into an area. It's not like it said, okay, here's 500 acres, build whatever you want. Sky Rush was kind of like, hey, we want a really cool, big intimate coaster, but this is, you got to work around yeah. this. So there's a lot of like very harsh turns and where they put the hills and stuff. And then the restraints are, are nightmare. So it's time to give you our top five roller coasters that we have personally been on, that we've actually been able to ride personally. I learned a lot about my coaster preferences making this list. One important factor to consider as we make our picks is that a coaster can be a different experience depending on when and where you sit. Yeah, it does. So whether front row, back row, sometimes it's the middle, sometimes it's at night, we may mention this. Oh my God! Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's the Everybody procedure, calm. everyone? What's the procedure? Stay calm! Wait, 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 wait. Everybody just calm down! Jim, last week I think I went first both times, so you, you go ahead and you go first. Give us your number five coaster. All right. Your personal favorite. All right. My number five. Number five. Full disclosure, I have ridden 40 total coasters so far. That includes kitty coasters and variations of blue streaks at multiple parks. So I count Which, those. Okay. Which parks have you been to? So I've been to Cedar Point, Geauga Lake, Conneaut Lake Park, Kennywood, Knobles, Waldemere, and I think that's it so far. Kevin and I hopefully will hit Bush Gardens this year. Maybe Cedar Point. We'll talk about that later because I got we, a we will. bone to pick with Cedar Point. So I've been to, I um, haven't been to, to Conneaut. I've been to Geauga Lake, Six Flags, Cedar Point, Waldemere, Disney World, Disneyland, Universal Orlando, and Islands of Adventure, Kennywood. Bush Gardens, Tampa. I feel like I'm missing some, but that's the gist of where I've been. How many coasters did you I have figure no it out? Idea. I never got a chance. Where to, do you think ballpark? Where do you think you're in? The 50s, 60s? Yeah, probably the 60s, I okay. would say. Because it's about, because I forget about stuff that I rode at Disney. You know, like I rode pretty much every coaster they had at Disney. I forgot, Kevin, the Canfield Fair roller coaster. Yeah. That, that dinky. Those are an experience. Rides. But they have those at, you know, they have those at. Those are final destination City. rides. Yes, they really really are. Yeah. Okay, Jim, give us your number five. So my number five, see, this is very difficult. Even with 40, I couldn't imagine like guys like El Toro Ryan who do their top hundred every year. It's like, Jesus Christ, how can you even start? I'm going with Phantom's Revenge used to be the old Steel Phantom at Kennywood. Welcome. <laughs> he wants something and he's willing to go to any lengths, any heights travel at any speed through the most terrifying twists and turns to get it the phantom's revenge is now open so there's no turning back 
revenge will be mine. Preferably, a lot of these rides, I will say, you get an amazing whip if you sit in the back row. The amazing thing about Phantom's Revenge, at one point it was called the Steel Phantom. It was notorious for being, it had two very tight loops at the end and used to beat the shit out of people. So they removed the loops, rethemed the ride. Kevin and I rode this last year. Basically has a pool noodle for a lap bar. Yeah. I've never seen well, anything like it. They switched that. So Phantom's Revenge, my number three. Yeah. So again, due to the landscape specifically being built on a ravine which makes it brilliant this coaster has a weird quality that you don't see very often where the second drop oh. is steeper than the first right it into the ravine originally opened as steel phantom in 1991 it was built by arrow yeah so arrow again pretty much so they invented that tubular steel track arrow is responsible for modern roller coasters because of the matterhorn so oh, matterhorn yeah. is such an important roller coaster when steel phantom opened and it was the fastest coaster in the world and had the steepest drop. And it was modified by D.H. Morgan in 2001 to increase the drop and extend the track length. And the smartest thing they did was it had four inversions. Yeah. And they nixed the inversions, but they did it for one specific reason. Like Skyrush, a ton of complaints about the restraint. People hated the restraints. They were very uncomfortable, the over-the-shoulder restraints. So when they took out the inversions, they were able to get away with not even one lap bar. continuing lap bar. It's a half. It's two arms, like pool noodles. It's amazing. It's one of the coolest restraints. What is the drop on that? Do you have the number on that second drop? I don't. Because is, is it a hyper coaster? It or? is. Okay. Yeah, but just do not ask them to produce any merch. Because Kenny Wood shows no record of this coaster existing in the gift shops. And then Golden Ticket Awards, which we mentioned yeah. uh, last week. They've had it in the top 15 coasters in the world for the last 10 years. So if there's any excuse to go to Kenny Wood. There's a couple excuses to go to Kenny, Kenny Wood. Because it's in Thunderbolt. Which Thunderbolt's is, great. Racer's good. Thunderbolt right next to Phantom's Revenge. You is a terrain. It's also built on the ravine and Phantom's Revenge goes through right. Thunderbolt, which so is great. pretty sweet. So Kennywood's great. Also walk the additional 20 feet for the free parking. Yeah. Because there's no point no. of paying for parking. Yes. It's you can park in the difference. last row and it's like 20 bucks or you can cross a single lane Yeah, and then it's free parking. It's free parking. Unless gravel. they charge for that now. Who the hell knows? I mean, Kennywood, you could tell me Kennywood's the only theme park in the US that's got dirt roads and gravel and I'd say, okay. The funniest thing so Kevin and I are going up Steel Curtain, which we'll, well, maybe we'll talk about Steel Curtain. It ain't great. So as we're going up there, the beautiful views of Pittsburgh, you don't get the city skyline no. at all. You get abandoned factories. Nuclear reactor. A nuclear reactor. It's, just, it's, it's horrible. Yeah. We're Bronze fans. Fuck industry, Steelers, but whatever. Yeah. Smog. My number five, Ravine Flyer 2. Oh, yes. It's a weird one. It was opened in 2008 at the site of the original Ravine Flyer, which closed closed in 1938. <laughs> so in 1938, the original Ravine Flyer was going along, having a good old time. And then for some reason, the train got stuck. There is a bridge that goes over the road yeah, and it's still there. What's the name of that little restaurant? I know your, your lady likes that little, I can't remember. It's like Sarah's. It's, Sarah's? it's like a rip off Eddie's grill. Yeah, it's like a little hot dog place like yeah. right there across from the, uh, the lake, but there's a, a bridge and on that bridge, 
the train at the 1938 version got stuck. It stopped and everybody started to freak out that the other train was going to come and hit them. Yeah. So they started to like get out of their seats. And when this one guy got out of his seat, he fell off the bridge, like into the street and died. But that's how crazy this is. They closed that entire roller coaster. We're done here. For eternity. Yeah. They closed it. And um, so Ravine Fire 2 was built in its place, made by Gravity Group. It's a hybrid wooden coaster that only has a 120 foot drop. And maybe because it's unassuming, but this thing kicks ass. But... Kevin and I wrote it in the middle, the front and the back. Yeah. Ride it in the back. It broke my ribs. Broke your ribs. It literally broke my ribs. That whip. I've never ever felt a whip effect like that before. And that's a whip of the cars in front of you are going down the main hill and you're still behind and into just the gravity and the speed. It was designed by CCI in the 90s, but CCI went bankrupt in 2002. So Gravity Group was hired to build the CCI design so that people would come. Wooden track steel rails, 10 airtime hills. This ride broke my ribs. (laughs) A top 10 wooden coaster in the world for 13 straight years. Waldemere is a free park. It's a weird park. It's free. It's free and weird. It's free and weird and uh, you pay for individual ride tickets good water park yeah you buy either a wristband or individual but you can literally just walk in yeah bring your own food so i actually want they make a ravine flyer shirt that's actually kind of cool i always thought it was like super geeky to buy like coaster merch but now i'm like fuck it but now that we want it but there's two ravine flyer shirts it's same shirt two different colors but i'm like we got to go to erie i was telling wife this i was like we got to go to erie just so we can walk into waldemere and buy that shirt from the gift shop yeah, maybe ride the ride once and then get the hell out. Yeah, maybe. So just so you guys know, the parking lot is a disaster, though. It's super weird. It's the worst parking it's lot. It's a very narrow, slanted parking lot. You pull basically through a trailer park to get to Waldemar. Yeah, it's a weird entrance point. Yeah. And there was also a weird bar on the corner that Kevin and I went to once where it looked like power never existed. I love it. I fucking it's the most amazing bar we've yeah. ever been to. So my number four. Number four. And this is where I get into a ride particular. It's Millennium Four. But at night. Yeah. Remember when it first opened, waiting in line three hours Mm -hmm. just to get to the station where you hear, you know, during our plugs, the sound you hear in the background is the Millennium Force station themed. When this ride first opened, of course, with any new ride, there's always hiccups. We get all the way up to the the station, ride stalls on the first lift hill. They're like, it's going to be down for the rest of the day. Everybody leaves the line. All of a sudden we see it running again. Rush back to the line. Wait another two hours. Stalled again. Oh, my God. So I'll never forget. This might have been like my 10th or 11th ride on this thing. The park closed and we're waiting in line. They're like, OK, we're cutting the line off here. Everybody else, you can get on. They start shutting the lights off in the park. Pitch so black. it's pitch black. I'm able to get first seat Millennium yeah. Force pitch black. You hear nothing. You see nothing. It was the most amazing environmental experience I've ever had in my life because I did not know what was coming. Yeah. If you guys ever have the opportunity to ride a 300 foot giga coaster at night with no light, do it because <laughs> there's nothing else like it in the world. And like I said previously, Millennium Force. Now, all these rides have come along giga wise, like Orion down at Kings Island. You have Fury 325 when it opens back up you have intimidator 305 where people gray out which is a form of blacking out where you're almost on the verge of blacking out but you don't it's called graying out you don't gray out on this ride and it's kind of boring but man the side of that when you pull into cedar point other than top thrill it's awesome millennium yeah. force will always hold a special millennium place force because the wait was always so long yeah is always worth just just wait a few more minutes and, and ride in the front yeah just you know wait I mean? because of that lift hill and you come over the hill and you can i think you could see canada on it you look over 
over the lake. And you have, it's one lap yeah, bar. It's you have nothing open on the sides. sides. It's great. Most coasters should do this. There's two stations. There's an offloading station and an onloading yeah. station. If this thing is riding, I've maybe only seen it ride three train ops once. Yeah. If it's riding two train ops with a full operator thing, you're golden to get on and off in an hour. That's something that we won't nerd out about too much for the casual listeners. Yeah. But like ride ops are so important because they're crucial. The faster you get people on and get people off, that's more riders. And that's an award and a point of pride where it's, I think it's Steel Vengeance yeah. managed a million riders last year. I can't stress this enough because Kevin and I, we talk about him all the time. El Toro Ryan yeah. was a ride op and he has problematic coaster videos where he breaks down the release time, well, how many you can get through. And it. Millennium Force, yeah. they had two generators that send the, the chain lift or the cable lift and one broke. Yeah. And their backup one is a lesser capacity, which literally adds seconds to the lift hill and therefore it results in like 20 less riders per hour over the course of 15 hours in a day over the course of a it whole year up. it adds up it's thousands of riders less that can ride and it's kind of old school tech because nobody uses that type could you imagine right. that with like an lsm launch and you're just hauling ass up that hill well that's like what uh, dollywood has yeah uh, lightning rod yeah lightning rod when like it's that. operational but yeah it barely ever works yeah my number four real coaster enthusiasts probably get mad at me because they say no way this is this high uh oh is velocicoaster brave the hunt on the apex predator of coasters Jurassic World Velocicoaster only at Universal Orlando Resort get ready to join the pack because the hunt is on now Open, wow, opened only four. Universal Islands of Adventure in Orlando in June of 2021, made by Intamin, sometimes called Jurassic World Velocicoaster. I wrote this in early October 2021, a little over three months after it opened. So the theming has like Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard, a bunch of dinosaurs. It's a launch coaster. It's a 155 foot tall top hat, four inversions, top speed of 70 miles per hour. But this coaster feels like it spends the duration of the ride trying to actively throw you off of it yeah it's over water mostly so maybe they think you'll be safe if they throw you out it's pretty gnarly last year was ranked the fifth best coaster in the world by golden ticket for me i mean i was a solo rider ended up sitting next to a coaster enthusiast and we're you know just bullshitting and stuff but like this is part of that new era of roller coasters where on a lot of roller coasters you used to be able okay i'm gonna wear cargo shorts i'm gonna put my phone in my pocket not anymore this ride you go through detectors you they give you a code like it's kind of a pain because i didn't have my ticket for the park they were on my wife's phone, all the tickets. Well, they were like, we need your ticket in order to give you a locker. Oh, it's in my phone. And I'm like, it's in my wife's phone. I don't have it on my phone. And they're like, well, we'll just give you this piece of paper. So I had to take this piece of paper, put it in my pocket, make sure I didn't lose it. Yeah. And then when you exit the ride, you exit two lockers and they're two-sided lockers. You put your stuff in on one side. When you get off the ride, you get it from the other side of the locker. It's a good idea. It is to prevent like any, but it, it is an extra step now that just kind of makes things annoying. Well, there's major, major points of contention with the locker policies at yeah. these parks. First off, they should be free. Yeah, well, they are. I mean, well, some part. don't like Incredi Cedar Point. Incredible Hulk coasters free. Yeah. But Cedar Point, I think, I think, I think Steel Vengeance Steel is 10 bucks. Which is fucking some, insane. Yeah. I, at that rate, I will personally shove my phone up my well, ass. Here's the thing. You can buy, I think you could buy an unlimited locker pass now for like X amount of dollars. But here's the thing. If you're going to be in line for three hours, <sighs> what? 
American can be in line for three hours and not have a cell phone. You know what you the know? funny thing is, though? We're still in that generation where we could remember not having phones, and we yeah. just had to make do but what with if, what, what if I go, like, okay, so we're planning a, a trip to Cedar Point. We'll talk about it later, but yeah. we're planning a trip to Cedar Point, and my wife and kids are going to be off doing something else. If me and you get in a line, and they don't they don't allow you to have phones, you have to put your phone in a locker. locker. It's well, one thing if the locker's right there on the ride, but if the locker is, like, we have to put it in a locker before yeah, we get like in line. like a pavilion. If something happens to them, and I I have no contact. Like, that's insane. There's a lot of modern things now, too. There's the wait timeline thing where it'll tell you the time to get in line. Like, you basically reserve, which Disney does a lot of. You reserve when you want to ride the ride. And then it's like... Which would be great because it's on my phone, but now it's in a fucking locker and I don't know where I'm going. And then, right. Velocicoaster is a little annoying. I was a single rider, so I literally got in single rider line. The problem is groups will split up and get in single rider line because they think they're going to get on faster. Velocicoaster, I was literally a single rider i got on after way after people who because i think they resent the they think people are trying to beat the system there is a lot of line prejudice at all these parks that that needs to be addressed yes my number three number three is a park that my girlfriend and I stopped at on our way back from Boston last August. It's at Knobles. It's Phoenix. I mentioned it before. This is probably one of the best wooden roller coasters I've ever ridden in my life. So we start off with Phantom's Revenge on my list. We talk about a hyper coaster goes 80 plus miles an hour. Then the gig in Millennium Force goes 93. Phoenix, 100 and some odd feet high. It's nothing big. But man, this ride will actively try to kill you. I've never ridden anything that literally I put myself on the brink of death and I loved it. Not one that I hold the lap bar that barely locks hands up in the air. I'm standing. Hopefully my thighs hold the damn bar. I somehow got my girlfriend on it. Freak the fuck out. But man, Knobles, it's one of those parks that I would say what Conneaut Lake Park could have been if they invested more money into. Knobles is a destination. I shouldn't say really a destination because there's no infrastructure. It's out like deliverance. Yeah. in Pennsylvania, Eliesburg, Pennsylvania, out in the middle of nowhere. And it's just boom, you're there. They have three main roller coasters and a kitty coaster. But Phoenix has won multiple awards. for. That's being, also a free park. It's also a free park, just like Waldemar. You yeah. pay for ticket rides and they raise the ticket prices on the rides yeah. another buck and a half. But still take the four bucks, ride Phoenix a couple times. It's a good front ride seat. Yeah. But a lot of these rides I've also noticed too. If you sit golden row, which is the third row, you get the maximum ejector in most of these yeah. rides. This thing is bunny hop crazy. Please make your way to Eliesburg, go to Knobles, ride Phoenix. It's incredible. So my number three was Phantom's Revenge. So give us your number two. This is where it was hard for me. And I I waffled back and forth between one and two. So here at number two. Number two. Steel Vengeance. It's sundown at Cedar Point, and the wildest ride that's ever come to town is facing you down. Steel Vengeance. We have what it takes to saddle up and plunge down its unforgiving 90-degree drop to stomach the most gravity-defying coaster on Earth, to rip through nearly 6,000 feet of wood and steel as you ricochet left and right. Or are you going to cut and run? It's the wildest ride ever built at the only place wild enough to build it, Cedar Point. Save on tickets at cedarpoint.com and add a second day for a 
as low as $20. It used to be Mean Streak, redone by Rocky Mountain Construction, RMC. It's on a lot of people's number one list. This thing is so silky smooth. And what RMC was able to do with the Mean Streak. Mean Streak, yeah. when it came out in 1990. 1991, yeah. 91 was, I believe at the time, one of the world's biggest wooden roller coasters. It was. It was one of only 11 roller coasters ever built by Din Corporation yeah, before they Din. went on a... And this thing, when it first opened, it was incredible. I rode Mean Streak when I was a kid. Scared the shit out of me, but it was my comparative at the time for wooden roller coasters was, is it better than Raging Wolf Bobs? Yeah, well, by far. <laughs> And it didn't kill me. Now, near the end of Mean Streak, you would leave Mean Streak like you got in a boxing oh, yeah. match. Fucking bruises all over yeah. your thighs, your arms. You'd be hurting. You'd be 40. I wish. I needed red, red wine after I got off yeah. that ride. But when RMC came in, retracted, redesigned it, but used existing elements, it's a masterpiece yeah. of what a roller coaster should be. The thing I like about it, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit in length, is so it utilizes... Mean Streak's a massive wooden coaster. It's huge. And rather than just put steel eye box track all around the outside, they're like, we're going to go through the fucker. <laughs> it's so great. There's so many head chopper moments, which head choppers are where like, if you're six feet, you feel like you're nine feet tall. Like you feel like you're going to get your head cut off, even though there's plenty of clearance, even for like you and your arms. But this has like all the head chopper elements. It's got a great first hill. They could do without it's, one of the block zones though. They do have a block zone that basically divides the first half and second half of the ride. For those of you who are unfamiliar, a block zone is a section of ride that only one train may occupy. At the end of a block zone is a method to stop a train in case the block zone ahead is still occupied. This is the method that keeps roller coaster trains from colliding into one another. Yeah, which that's basically what a so block zone is. So a block is. zone, yeah, are brakes. There are coasters like Intimidator 305 is one that has a lot more brakes now that they used to just let it run without breaking so much. Dollywood, we just talked about. Same thing. They used to allow it to just go and haul ass and then yeah. now they apply brakes a lot more in places so my number two is not steel vengeance it's iron guazi whoa yeah so formerly was guazi well bush gardens getting ready to open a new attraction it's been a long time coming too iron guazi is north america's fastest and steepest hybrid roller coaster. This is exciting. The pandemic delayed its construction in 2020, but now it's ready to go. At Busch Gardens, Tampa. RMC. Originally, Guazi was built by GCI. Guazi was a wooden dueling coaster. Yeah. So like racer, we talked about dueling coaster. We Gemini. Have, we have one Gemini at Cedar Point. Was a dueling wooden coaster. So this opened in 1999, lasted 20 years as a racing coaster when Busch Gardens announced refurbishment. That's where RMC came in. So RMC, as Jim said, specializes in retracking wooden coasters with steel track reopened as iron guazi in march 2022 and then i wrote it in august of 2022 had, had a two-year delay because of covid yes wrote it early in the day super cool it looks nuts to watch like it, the it is there's like some really awesome elements on it that like at one point it's only a split second you feel like you're upside down and traveling along for three or four seconds. You're getting like, it's like a lateral ejector. Yes, yeah, it's so weird. But like, I only got to ride it once. I loved it. And now there's Airy Force One. There is Wildcats Revenge, Wildcats at Revenge at Hershey. Steel Vengeance. Steel Vengeance. I mean, there's there's tons of RMCs. Texas Giant. But those are some of the new ones are like, you know, Airy Force One is, is a lot of people are like, this is the best. At a comparative park to Geauga Lake. Yeah, because like, it's in there. Atlanta. It's at Fun Spot Atlanta. And then it's like a, but it's a, 
white like wooden coaster with red and blue white, track. Yeah. It looks super sharp. And there's bunny hop hills at the end that are like Magnum, and they're like, oh my god, it's yeah, painful. I, I want to ride it. So do I. Maybe if uh, Kevin, we take one of those flights down to Tampa on our way back. I think I'm going to Atlanta for. I think that's where I'm going to go for World Cup 2026. Ooh. I think I'm going to go to Atlanta, and then while I'm there, I'm like, how many of these World Cup goers are going to go to Fun Spot Atlanta? I'm like, I would think they're going to go to the aquarium and they're going to go to Coca-Cola. You know what? That's smart because initially, were we thinking of going to Kansas City for that or something like that? Or Well, yeah, there's a bunch of cities. Yeah. But like, I'm to me, I'm like, Atlanta would seem pretty cool. And I'm like, I definitely would, would try and go out of my way to get a ride on Air Force One. So my number one. Number one. Near and dear to my heart by Aero Construction at Cedar Point, the world's, quote, first hyper coaster. It's Magnum. That's mine. Thousands of roller coaster enthusiasts are streaming into Cedar Point today to take on their latest challenge, the tallest and fastest roller coaster of them all. Excitement is at fever pitch. The Magnum XL200 stands 201 feet tall. Top speed exceeds 70 miles an hour. From the ground, the view is awesome. From above, We'll let you be the judge. Was not created on a computer. It literally was yeah. hand drawn and then made. It's janky as hell. Yeah. But it's so fucking it's so, great. Again, I, I love that it was built by Arrow. Yeah. It's bonkers to think that Magnum and Phantom's Revenge were built by Arrow within two years of each yeah. other. Arrow was like, fuck it. We're on top of the world. We're going to build Magnum. We're going to build Phantom's Revenge. Or I guess it was Steel Phantom. When Steel they Phantom. It. Yeah. Magnum opened to 89. Tallest, fastest, steepest, complete circuit roller coaster in the world. This started the roller coaster wars for parks to go bigger, faster, stronger. It was because of Magnum. Of Magnum. The great thing about Magnum, too, is you can pretty much walk right off. At most, Amazing. there might be a 20 or 30 minute wait. But to me, this is the perfect coaster because it combines all of the elements I like. Ejector airtime, floater airtime. Those bunny hops at the end, a three. 200 foot drop. Yeah. But most importantly, the thing I think I like so much about it and the reason it's higher than Phantom's Revenge is because it's built basically parallel to the beach of Lake Erie. Yeah. So you're parallel to the sand and water. Again, car one, row three. You just, you see the water park below you. But when you come around the other side, like the back half of the coaster yeah. and on your left, you've got Lake Erie, Lake Erie as far as you can see. Such a beautiful placement where it's at. Yeah. And again, we, there was one time we rode this like five, six, seven, eight times in one. Oh, it was great. Like, just got off, got back on, got yeah. off. Nobody was on it, which is insane. How many 200 foot coasters are out there? Hyper coasters, giga coasters that, that you can just like, even Millennium Force yeah. is 20 years old and there's still a, an hour wait sometimes, you know, here's the thing I have. And this goes to the ride ops out there. And we've come across some really cool ride ops. When we went to Kennywood, what was the coaster at the, the launch one at the front of the park? Was that called sky something? Yeah, I think. I love that coaster. Ride ops are, because we said there was no way, hey, can we just stay on and ride? Yeah. If there's nobody in line, you shouldn't have to get all the way out of line and get back on yeah. to sit in the same seat. So let's let's talk about that. So I have a, a list of honorable mentions that I took notes for it because oh, honestly, up until like today, I had a hard time like decide. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to put numbers on these and I'm going to yeah. be fine with it. Mako at SeaWorld Orlando. So it was a B&M hyper coaster. And honestly, it reminds me a lot of Magnum, which is probably why I liked it so much. Been top 17 coaster 
coaster in world four straight years. So despite SeaWorld's hard pivot towards thrill rides, I think SeaWorld, because they're adding a coaster a year. Well, you have to think too, after the Blackfish yes. scandal. I think they're phasing out yeah. the animals and they're starting to thrill. go thrill park. Smart Because it's like Orlando and San Diego are opening a new coaster every year. So despite the pivot towards rides, one of the coolest parts of riding Mako, I rode it front row three consecutive times without exiting. Yeah. I just looked over at the ride up and was like, can I just pull it down? And they're like, yeah, we don't I care. just don't see the purpose of having to walk all the well, way out of the station and come back sometimes in. Sometimes ride ups slot. will make you do that. It's fucking but ridiculous. there was literally no one waiting. Yeah. So as long as no one's waiting, they're like, yeah, go. So, Listen, I'm not going to be an asshole and be like, if somebody's waiting to sit here, yeah. I'm not going to be like, come on. Yeah. No, that's fine. If there is nobody, let me sit and we're fine. So what's your first honorable mention? Matt. Maverick at Cedar Point, yeah. which is great. My only problem with Maverick, I have, it's a launch coaster. Never really been a fan of the restraints. At one point when the ride was being tested, there was a Cobra roll in the middle of it, yeah. which would have made an amazing element. My problem is no matter if you go at rope drop or you, yeah. you just wait it out, the line in the ride ops. One train ops. One train ops. One train ops. One train ops. I've never seen, it's rare to see Maverick do two train ops and there's always an hour and a half line. And that's At if yeah. you have, and that's also, even if you have fast pass, you're still fucked for an hour. Yeah, Maverick's fun, but see, and I think that's part of the reason I didn't have Velocicoaster higher. Velocicoaster to me is like, if Maverick had better theming yeah, and was just like a bigger and faster. <laughs> Maverick has no theming. No, it's literally like, hey, this is a Western thing. And that's what, it's good to see some of these newer coasters actually put the effort in and do some really cool theming. Let's talk about that in a little bit. Uh, my next one was, speaking of theming, Incredible Hulk coaster. Obvious what the theming is. Yeah. This is at Universal Islands of Adventure. So there was a major refurbishment in 2016. So you're walking through like Bruce Banner's laboratory and then you get on the train inside of a building you're not outside you're completely indoors this was the first coaster i experienced that made you put the phones in the locker yeah and i i tried to just put my phone in my pocket and they saw me yeah they're like, ah. because i was never used to like you have to put it in the locker to them it's just normal people are just like oh yeah i put my phone in the locker but to me i was like i'm gonna put it in my pocket and they were like hey man like we saw you put your phone in your yeah. pocket and i was like how <laughs> but uh you start indoors and you launch up a hill and it's like a gamma ray the yeah. shit's so bright it's like a tanning bed. It's like bright lights flashing and you get shot out of the gamma ray. But the cool thing about Hulk is when you finally emerge outside, you are at the highest point of the lift hill and you go directly into an inversion. So on Hulk, there are seven inversions. So small Ooh. club, there's not a lot of coasters that have, there's a handful that have seven. There's a couple that have eight and there's one that has nine, which we'll talk about shortly. So my next one, honorable mention, it's called Dominator. It's currently at King's Dominion, owned by Cedar Fair. But, Kevin, we will know this as Batman Night Flight, yeah. Geauga Lake slash Six Flags Ohio. Yeah. B&M, I think it was amazing because at the time... Those huge loops. Being in high school, going to a park that's literally 45 minutes away that I grew up at, and I'm like, you got a Batman yeah. ride? I'm like, what the fuck? And I'm glad because some, like, granted, Big Dipper, 100 years old, nobody was going to save that ride. Same right. with Raging Wolf Bonds. Yeah. 
Double Loop was the second coaster I ever rode. My first being Blue Streak at Conneaut Lake Park. This ride, I'm glad it got repurposed and sent to another yeah. park. It was a great ride. It I was mean, a great like, ride. This, see, I was saying my, my daughter wants to ride a coaster with inversions. Yeah. This would have been it. This would have been this a is good like, one for her. It's not so big, but like this ride, silky smooth. Yeah. It's just like, it's super fun and relaxing. It was right next to the lake there. So then my last honorable mention, because I, I also had Steel Vengeance. I have Steel Curtain. Not because I loved it that much. It opened to Kennywood in July of 2019. This coaster makes less sense oh, than any coaster I've been on. Sorry, it's horrible. It has the most inversions of any coaster in the world. It has nine inversions. Unnecessary. It has the highest inversion of any coaster. It is a hyper coaster. It's over 200 feet. I don't think this coaster feels 200 feet at all. I think what ruins it, though, there's no deep first drop. You go right, right into an inversion. Yeah. That kind of ruins it. Well, that's, it has to have the tallest inversion. Yeah. So very steep lift hill. You almost like feel like vertical. Got, at one remember point. when I told you when we were going up that lift hill, I was like, I'm getting anxiety yeah, right now. You start to feel almost vertical. So I hate the Steelers more than fucking anything. Same I don't even here. like to say their name, but I will say it's cool theming. The ride itself not really has theming, no. but the area around the ride, well. they have like a half inside the park. <laughs> I was going to say the have, abandoned theme. They have theme. like a half of a stadium built kind of yeah. like a facade, like that you're at the stadium. So that's cool. But yeah, but around the area, outside the gate, is a nuclear reactor, power plants, smog. <laughs> you see Blinky, the three-eyed fish. If And again, if you told me Kennywood was the only U.S. theme park with gravel and dirt walkways, I'd be like, yeah, sure. Kennywood barely has food. They, they don't have anything. potato patch fries, which, which are just fries whatever. that they cook right in front of you. And they're like eight bucks. And you're like, they really? They have merch for the fries. Yeah. They don't have merch for Phantom's Revenge. Which is the ride. Yeah. And Kennywood's the strangest park. They have an indoor coaster, which which we didn't mention disaster transport. I was just going to mention that as my honorable mention. So they smell like piss. They have, it just smells like motor oil and piss, but they have an indoor roller coaster. Kennywood. Yeah. Is, is a weird, weird park. It's something man, but steel curtain is like this top roller coaster. And I'm like, it's the most unimpressive top roller coaster that I've been on of, of all the ones that are like, okay, this is supposed to be awesome. Most of them live up to the hype. Not my personal bias. No. It's just this, this coaster just does not racer was better there yeah. thunderbolt yeah racer is such a cool concept it's like old it's thing. almost kind of like leap to dips which i believe leap to dips is now the oldest standing roller coaster in the world and it's in pennsylvania yeah i don't know where in pa but yeah leap to dips way better than fucking steel curtain go to kennywood for racer thunderbolt and phantom's revenge you're golden. Yeah. I mean, don't pay for parking ride, ride steel curtain. And we did steel curtain like super quick. I think we, did we rope drop it? And that's yeah, the other thing about Kennywood. It. You walk in through, there's the ticket booth. You walk in, you have to walk <laughs> a goddamn three quarters of a mile through, through a, a tunnel. fucking tunnel, a bridge <laughs> to fucking get anywhere. You know, what's great though. They have, I don't know if pretty sure it's been rethemed a couple times, but we watched a video. They have that dark Garfield's ride. nightmare. Yeah. Garfield's yes. nightmare. I want to ride Garfield's nightmare. Yes. so bad because it's notorious fucking hand job coaster the the employees not coaster the employees but. and park patrons would go on that ride have sex yeah. and they're all i forget what video i watched they got people that it's used to def go defunct land 
Yeah, defunct land. That yeah. was right. And it had all these stories from guys who were like, yeah, we saw people in there having sex. It's and it's like, and then there, there were, it was just black light yeah. cutouts. It was like cardboard standees of Garfield with fucking black lights. And it's just a dark, like tunnel boat ride. Yeah. And then, well, and then they switched it back to old mill and then which all, everybody loves. Yeah. And then the black light really showed off where the people did have sex. Yeah, Cause the joy spots. Showed Any up. other honorable mentions? One more honorable mention, uh, as much as it sucks, iron dragon, <laughs> Iron Dragon, I'll never forget. Which Iron Dragon's currently getting gentrified. It's getting displaced. I they're building maybe the spike for whatever the top tail dragon is gonna be in the pond of Iron Dragon. Last time I rode Iron Dragon in the line, I saw Lunar Generic Anthony Edwards in the ride. There was an hour wait to get on the ride. Wow. I remember when that ride came out in 89, the merch for it was amazing. Yeah, it looks like DD shit. That's why I said the logo for Iron Dragon is great. Ride fucking sucks yeah they my, can eliminate that i ride. rode that with my my daughter last year and uh she fell asleep <laughs> well she was like i didn't like it and i was like why well, she was a little scared she didn't like the restraints yeah so i think she just doesn't like like shoulder restraints i feel like that ride you don't need shoulder no restraints. i feel like that ride a you don't bar. need any restraint. you need a belt i feel like you just get in the bucket and you're fine <laughs> hold on you're fine yeah so quickly what is the worst coaster or coasters you've been on oh i'll say cedar point corkscrew that broke my neck it's so small and it just hurts so bad i feel they only keep it there for nostalgia they do because Get they can use the space yeah lovingly raging wolf bobs it's energy relentless it's swiftness unchallenged it's time forgotten but now the legend of terror returns Pages nine ninety five for Geauga Lake's fun day tickets at Giant Eagle. A three dollar savings. Because again, it would beat the shit out of the you. amount of bruises I would have on my hips afterwards were legendary. It's so bad how bad it beat you up. I will say, me, my first roller coaster I ever rode as a kid was the Blue Streak at Conneaut Lake Park. You feel literally every wood notch. They took pieces of Raging Wolf Bobs to repair that Blue Streak ride, and I think the aura and ghosts of Raging Wolf Bob's tainted blue streak it made it worse. Yeah. So we didn't mention there were, used to be a large wooden coaster at Jogger Lake slash Six Flags. I don't know if it was there for Jogger Lake, but it's called the Villain. Oh, Villain was great. Villain was a great ride. Not a mind eraser. That's no, mind eraser. Um, so, and then this is going to be controversial for having on my worst roller coasters, but Manta at SeaWorld Orlando as a ride, pretty dope. Cool sensation to do all the inversions and stuff from flying position, but I call it the human centipede coaster. Oh. It's a flying coaster where you're under the track. Except it pushes your legs up so that you're in like a baby crawling position. So you're going to shit in somebody's yes, mouth? you're going to shit in someone's mouth. That's exactly the position you're in. Once you come back into the brake run, into the um, the block zone, you are just stuck there hanging in a crawling position. And I, again, with like the gatekeeper, I started to freak out because I'm like... I I'm stuck yeah. with my knees in my chest and I'm like, I'm facing down all the blood's rushing to my head. I'm like, get me off of this thing. It's cool. Like to be in that sensation and go yeah. over a loop, Cobra roll, whatever. It's super cool theming. You walk through like an aquarium while you're in the queue. Neat. But yeah, I just, I don't like to me. That's so gimmicky. You know what? I was glad to see go mantis. There's nothing worse than a standing roller coaster when you have bad legs. Oh yeah. Cause you I feel- wrote it. A- Dude, all that force 
reverse of the coaster just goes directly, just shocks through your knees and ankles. I felt like I was turning into Anthony, the arrival Rumble Johnson yeah. with my knees. Yep. It hurt so bad. Then they made it Rougarou, and now it's just a boring ass yeah, ride. Yeah, well, that's fine. Yeah. I mean, you need those two. They can't yeah, all true. be, you know, can't all be California Unfortunately, girls. it's right next to Iron Dragon, yeah. which is double boring. So what roller coasters things don't exist yet. So like I say, how about a Stratocoaster? That's an actual roller coaster. Yeah. A full track. Yeah. Give me complete loop ride elements. I think you can take any combos of these roller coaster things we've went over and see what shakes out. So you could do a 300 foot standup coaster because the tallest standup coaster right now Ugh. is Riddler's Revenge in Texas. Yeah. It's 156 feet. So like, I'm not saying anybody's clamoring for like, man, you know, I could really go for a 300 foot standup coaster, but it's just, why are we chasing impossible things? I guess. Cause it gets people to your park. Yeah. But when you could do something that hasn't been done and not have to reinvent the wheel, I will say this though, cause of my hate of mantis and the strain it put on my knees, I'd rather black out than have my legs break out. Yeah. Well, right. I'd say bring back a monster wooden roller coaster, like son of beast, but literally all wood yeah go read about son of beast we were not lucky enough to ride it its father spread pandemonium throughout the midwest its arrival will thrill a nation its legacy is destined to change the world presenting son of beast the world's tallest fastest only looping wooden roller coaster Son of Beast, only at Kings Island. It only lasted for nine years. It had a 200 foot drop. It was 7,000 feet long. They toppled it nine years. Problem is with the loop, they had like this really pretty bad accident with that loop. Yeah. Well, Sheree, heavy criticism from the state's lead investigator about what he calls piecemeal repairs to the Son of Beast. And it certainly adds to the lingering question about whether the ride will reopen next year or ever because the yes. track was getting all fucked so right. they removed the loop yep. and it never was the same and they just said fuck it it's gone yeah so i yeah build a massive wooden coaster Why a massive they? yeah uh, a 250 foot all wood cable lift you know wood fucking coaster you know what i'm looking forward to the day we go to king's island because i'd like to just ride the beast because the beast is notorious for being one of the longest yeah. coasters why not because everybody's so infatuated with going up high yeah give me ten thousand feet of track you could run four trains give me a four train up ten thousand feet of track better yet give me a hyper ten thousand feet of track rmc Silky smooth. Yeah. Give me a four minute ride. There you go. Four minute RMC. I would love it. Here's an idea that can be combined with. What about a huge indoor outdoor coaster? I think that'd be the coolest thing Dude, ever. You start because like Hulk starts with a launch inside and then goes outdoors. And indoor coasters mostly are lackluster. Like I read disaster transport. The, the best indoor coaster I've rode was Aerosmith. Yeah. It was like it was pretty rad. There it was really fast. The launch was cool. There were a lot of like cool elements. But how about like an indoor outdoor how about a coaster big lift hill has a couple elements goes around some turns then goes inside yeah goes through the dark and shit for a couple minutes and then goes back outside to finish the ride here's another idea i have two why not have almost like that thing where you're loading into the bay it's a launch but instead of going up you go straight down like into the ground and then up and out like a longer duration underground yeah. before you come out into the light and why not have because they just did the that big new pavilion building they put that stupid wild mouse coaster whatever why not incorporate the lake somehow yeah. like 
build something where you encompass the the carts with tubes go into the lake and up out of the lake i think that's because of the price but i don't know all i'm sorry but the 53 dollar 12 inch pizza will contribute (laughs) to building the ride my 22 dollar cocktail yeah uh what is the limit of coasters i'm not sure if maybe there are safety restrictions behind why we haven't seen a, a chain or cable lift strata coaster yeah they've all been launch coasters but like considering the existing strata coasters have rollbacks maybe 500 feet isn't possible well i've heard like 500 feet in a form of like a polar coaster there's always some sort of needs to be a gimmick yeah why can't you have a millennium force saying it goes up another 200 feet and then yeah, do a just, drop right when i wonder if it's it's g-forces i wonder if yeah. it's it's maintenance i wonder if it's cost i wonder what it is but yeah i mean i, I don't know what the limit of coasters is i mean we'll get into this in a second but i think there's a limit to like traditional coasters as far as like you know cost the the bigger you go the more it's going to cost well plus with inflation now now. with inflation i mean you're looking at insane amounts that's why we've seen so many parks do things like rmcs rather than built and like cedar point just built their new coaster it's a fucking wild mouse you know it's made with pvc pipe and shopping it's 1948 again yeah like build a full-blown coaster, a multi-million dollar coaster. And they have the fucking money. Yeah. Well, that's why it's like awesome to see places like, you know, Universal. Because Universal, it's it's kind of funny because they're not too married to the idea of anything they they have. They're like, fuck it, we'll tear down all of Minions Town or whatever. And then like, but Cedar Point, Cedar Point has opportunities to do shit and they just, they're they're cowards. They use the excuse of landlocked. When you literally have a parking lot, you can use, build the parking lot on the opposite side of the bridge. I say build the parking lot down towards yeah, yeah. And, and shuttle then, in and charge then, people to shuttle yeah, their asses yep, in and then shuttle them Boom. to the park and then uh yeah build into the parking lot you have plenty of parking lot yeah what are your thoughts on like simulated type rides don't like it so instead of like building an actual 500 foot coaster just making you feel like you're on a 500 you go into it knowing it's bullshit. That'd be like, I count that as a coaster credit. No, that doesn't count. I don't count them as coaster credits. But you I, did that I shit at say, the mall when we were kids. Disney and Universal have done a great job with these sort of things, but it's just not the same. That Harry Potter ride I wrote is the scariest thing I've ever been on. It's scarier than any fucking movie I've been on. It's scarier than any fucking... It, any, that thing every is, movie you've been on has yeah, been scary? It's fucking nightmare inducing. <laughs> it's fucking terrifying. And you're fucking... Because I didn't know. I didn't know it did all that. I'm just like, yeah. oh, I'm going to go and ride on a little train and see some harry potter shit no this thing's fucking flinging me because it is doing the barrel yeah. rolls it's barrel rolling back flipping there's fucking dragons popping out like jump scare shit i'm like what the fuck am i doing here's the problem we live in a modern america where we can literally go on youtube and get a, a pov of the ride there's no way you could trick me into thinking i'm on a 500 foot roller coaster unless you drug me i know nothing about the coaster and you drop my ass I, into that you know the the ratatouille ride at disney at epcot pretty fucking sweet so is Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway does the yeah. same sort of technology. You legit feel like even though it's just the screen and your your physical car is is tipping and stuff yeah. and the screen moves, you f- truly feel like you are falling. Okay. But you're not. It's so weird how it tricks you. But my favorite question, how important is theming? Could a coaster be the best in the world if it was literally just by itself in the middle of a parking lot somewhere with no theming? And I don't mean to pile on to Cedar Point. For instance, I'm going to say when we waited in line for Valraven and we waited and waited and the ride shut down, it would have helped. And Cedar Point doesn't do this at all. No. 
if we're in some sort of pavilion, if it's encompassed with theming, it makes a longer wait tolerable because yes. at least you're seeing shit going right. on. Well, not sitting in a static line with turnstiles, hearing some dumbass teenager talk about the horrible Velocicoaster, there's dinosaurs that are locked up with fucking head devices and Chris Pratt pops up and he's like, all right, you're almost there. You know, yeah, like, something. Oh, awesome. And then I, I just don't. Okay. So if they took like Edge and Ica considered, you know, probably the best roller coaster in the world. If the they, gold standard. If they took Edge and Ica and just put it in the middle of like the Southern Park Mall parking lot and we're like, here it is. I don't think, no, I mean, I don't think it necessarily needs like, you know, bells and whistles and shit, but I do think, cause like Iron Gwazi, it doesn't really have theming. theming. It's just, but it's like, I, I don't know be, be, and because the opposite is not true. Like that same park, Bush Gardens, I can't remember the name of the coaster. There is a ride where when you get to the top of the hill, there is a humongous fucking snake head that you can almost touch. Yeah. It adds nothing. You guys invested how much money, $50,000 or more to build this gym big fucking house size snake head so what like See, i don't care my problem is these parks will scream that they don't have the money yeah when they fucking sure as hell do sure absolutely don't bullshit no me. i'm not stupid so yeah i i don't know i think theming is important but i think to me it's more of like a if steel phantom was somewhere else or phantom's revenge oh i was like i would be like but then it, it wouldn't achieve the shit with the ravine no but it's like okay i'm at the top of phantom's revenge oh there's a power plant you know there's some traffic give me phantom's revenge though, somewhere that will market merchandise yeah it's crazy because we went off that ride and we wanted to beeline towards the gift shop to buy phantom's revenge merch yeah and you walk in there i don't want a thing about what what's it puff fries what the yeah. fuck is it called <laughs> potato patch fries whatever they're not that great to begin with no. but they have fucking shot glasses toilet paper you name it that has a fry on it but nothing with the rye that has won golden ticket awards yeah. forever I the only thing I found with Phantom's Revenge on it at all was one of those souvenir pennies that you smash <sighs> that's it that yeah. is it. That's the only fucking thing. Why would they not have something like we have a couple t-shirt companies, homage out of Columbus. And then you have GV artwork, which yep. does Cedar point merch. There's no Pittsburgh or Pennsylvania adjacent. No, we even have Youngstown adjacent. Yes. We stuff. have Youngstown clothing company. Yeah. You know, that makes Idora Park shirts and stuff. Which so, is awesome. Yeah, it is. But like, you're telling me that Pennsylvania, that Philadelphia or Pittsburgh does not have a clothing manufacturer who's just like, you know what? We're going to make a Phantom's Revenge. The best you can do with the Phantom's Revenge shirt is legitimately go on fucking Redbubble yeah, and buy something that it. looks like a fucking Juggalo Joker's card. Yeah, a version of, of Phantom's Revenge. It drives me insane. Yeah. Because how how much hair is it taken off your body? Balls to print 20 t-shirts exactly you know and they would sell it like that even if you put a 50 dollars tag on them i would have fucking bought it that i day. asked a ride op i was like hey where'd you get that sweatshirt and she's like eh, you can try that gift shop and she probably is ripping a dart because she's in pennsylvania <laughs> <laughs> All right. So real quick, another mini pool check best, or I guess it would be our critical question of okay. the SMS best movie to feature a roller coaster or have a scene set in a theme park. Okay. I'm excluding what we covered last week. Final destination three. I'm going to say the movie roller coaster, 1977, awesome. George Siegel. I think it's still full movie on YouTube. I think, I think it is. Timothy bottoms is a roller coaster bomber and they filmed this. I believe it's six flags, magic mountain in California. It has one of the most catchiest songs. I think it's called Big Boy, which I thought for the longest time was Beach Boy, but I was completely wrong. Big boy, big boy. 
that's a great movie. Not a movie you want your parents to watch as you're growing up because that gives your overprotective mother every reason for you to never be allowed to go on a roller coaster. Yeah. It's a great 70s movie. Speaking oh, it's of terrifying. Darts, it's terrifying. Speaking of darts, I think George Siegel smoked 800 darts in that movie. He's in a room full uh, of them. How can we not mention, uh, you know, we, we weren't named after this movie, but I think a lot of our podcast uh, revolves around this movie, obviously. Fear. Oh, God. There's a fucking fingering scene on a, on a roller coaster. Uh, vacation? Oh, yeah. And they go to Wally World. Sorry, uh, folks. Park's closed. Moose out front. Should have told you. Uh, Beverly Hills Cop 3. Well, Not great, but like the scenes like set at the theme park. Pretty yeah. awesome. Wonder World. There's actually a lot. When you, yeah. when, because like when I started researching this, I was like, man, I didn't realize there's so many movies that are set in, in theme parks. I'm not going to lie. Um, there's a lot of times when we've gone to an amusement park and I hear the Beverly Hills Cop theme from 3 that sounds like Crazy Frog did it. <laughs> Where you have the yeah. It's bad. Turn that fucking song off. Yeah, there's there's a lot. There's what's the Jesse Eisenberg? Oh, Adventureland. Adventureland. Ryan like, Reynolds. Stuff like that. Those movies are, are, are kind of like. <laughs> right? Did they charming. film that at Kennywood? I think they did. Did Ryan Reynolds buy Kennywood yet? Pro- he probably did. He's he wouldn't buy everything. that one. Yeah. I mean, bought the Wolverine outfit for Deadpool I, three. I guess uh, Hugh Jackman's got some sort of skin issues. Really? So, yeah. So they uh, they were talking about the long sleeves because there were people like, oh, he's got to take the sleeves off. Or hey, listen. That is still if he puts the mask on. I will blow yeah, my load. Right. Okay. As we wind down now, I know you've got thoughts. Yeah. Do you think theme parks should be considered a vacation destination or do you view them as something that should just kind of be like a, you can do this in a day or you can do a long weekend trip or just a weekend sort of thing. Take a vacation day and go, or like, like what are, what are your thoughts? We need to separate this. Disney world. Disneyland is not a theme park. It's a destination. Cedar point is a fucking weekend thing. I've led up to this. It's all about pricing. Now, Disneyland, you know what you're getting into. You talked about it. You spent 10 grand to go to Disney World. It's almost like most of these theme parks now, just like Cedar Point, and I'm going to pile on them on this because I don't give a fuck. We... Kevin referenced are looking into going to Cedar Point next month. We're going to Putin Bay, then we're going to go to Cedar Point, like do a, a two a day. Yeah, we were looking into it. So Kevin and I, the last time we went to Cedar Point, we went during Halloween weekends. It was during the week with the threat of rain. We rode four rides in sixteen hours. The, the time we went before that, there was a threat of rain. We got on everything with just paying yeah. sixty five dollars to get. People were scared. Yeah, we were good. But Kevin and I said this time we need to get Fast Pass Plus. We're covered. Here's well, the, that's the thing too. Yeah. There's Fast Pass and there's Fast Pass Plus. Fuck Fast us. Pass. Why would anyone buy Fast Pass? There's no need. Fast to. Pass gets you on rides first for one hundred and fifteen dollars. One hundred fifteen dollars. But it, if that's the other thing, yeah, it fluctuates by day depending on what day you go. Premium. It changes. Dynamic pricing. Fast Pass excludes the rides, the top four rides at Cedar Point: Steel Vengeance, Millennium Force, Maverick, and Magnum. I don't know. Maybe no, not Magnum. No, I not Val Raven or Val Raven. No, it is Val Raven. So as we're looking into that. So we're like, we need to get Fast Pass Plus. It covers everything. Maybe we can get quicker in the line. Even with Fast Pass Plus anymore, sometimes you're still waiting an hour. $175. You would think, as a consumer, all right, that's going to cover my admission. I got the Fast Pass. I'm good. Nope. 175 
for the fast pass you add tax you're at 180 then you got to pay the unless you pay for online because for some reason it's 50 percent cheaper online if you pay at the gate that's 75 dollars plus x there's 80 right there so you're paying 180 plus 80 you're at 260 dollars yeah. to get in to cedar fucking point not disney world cedar point don't go to the new grand pavilion that they have where a 12 inch pizza fucking cheese pizza where you could buy for 12 dollars in any neighborhood or around the world they're $53.99 you want a can of Bud Light no you don't want that that's gonna cost you $15 you want a cocktail that's another $25 at this rate buy a plane ticket go to Disney World get the Disney World yeah. card spend $15,000 well you know you know what's what's like when we, when we went to we've done this a couple times when we went to SeaWorld Orlando and when we went to Busch Gardens Tampa they do this thing now where you can get a ride ticket plus all day dining the only rule is you can only eat like once an hour which I mean who's really going to be affected by that but like yeah. you know somebody's like gotta go and they're like i mean on the hour, every I need hour. Hot dog. but it's like you can get a ticket that includes all that and it's like 55 bucks or something it just makes so much more sense cedar point's getting so greedy oh. with everything but to me the most heinous thing is the fact that if you pay that much for fast pass it should it should include your admission if i want to pay for a fast pass plus and it's 180 dollars, well then i'm a sucker but i'm willing to pay that but when you're like but you you also have to buy a ticket and it's like well why the fuck would i buy a fast pass without a ticket yeah you idiots here's the thing that frustrates me when we were doing final destination last week final destination three in the 2006 season there was such an uproar over the 4495 yeah. ticket price in 2005 they lowered it to 39.99 yeah. for the 2006 season. This was pre fast pass. You can get into Cedar Point for 40 bucks. Yeah. Now they're going to use this hook saying, "Well, if you go online." In fairness and in defense of Cedar Point, so well, I, I you know, I was talking about the Six Flags season yeah. pass. It was like 55 or 56 dollars. You had to pay to park every time you went. Yeah. It didn't include parking, but parking was like if you went the first, I think in June, the first month they were open, it was eight dollars. Then in July, nine dollars. In August, it was ten dollars. Dynamic pricing, and then. And, but $10. And then at Cedar Point, I think the last time we went, I think parking was 30 Here's what you need to do. So we've looked at this because every season, you know, we come along going, you know what? We would like to go to like all these like Cedar Fair parks at like yeah. Kings Island, Kings Dominion. And they have like the platinum passes, yeah. which is 280 bucks. You get into every park. But once again, doesn't include getting a fast pass. Right. You have to pay for that. No, exactly. But it's free parking. I think you get maybe one meal. I wonder if that's why Cedar Point does the you have to buy the admission, because I wonder how many people they know are getting free tickets through other things. Yeah, it's a good point. So I wonder if they're like, well, if you got a free ticket, of course, you're going to buy the fast pass or whatever, because you got in for free. Yeah. So again, in defense of Cedar Point, like we're, you know, on this, this weekend, we're talking about um, a month and a half from now, whatever it is, month, five weeks from now, we're talking about going to Put-in-Bay. Put-in-Bay for my family of four to ride the ferry, just a boat, a couple miles a over, a couple miles back. 10 mile an hour ferry. $100. It's going to cost us. hundred. That's a cost of a hotel room. Yeah. $100. So we were like, oh, well, if it gets too steep to go to Put-in-Bay, or like we're a little nervous about all the drunks. We're like, you can go to that beach at Cedar Point for free. The breakers, Breakers yeah. Beach. Yep. Yeah, you can go for free, but you have to pay parking to get in the park. Yeah. So you you pay the thirty bucks, thirty bucks to park.
park, but then you can go to the beach all day for free. Yeah. I mean, that's not too bad. Better off. Did you see that video that was floating around? McNeil posted it from yeah. the alcoholic Put incident in yes. Putin Bay. The guy chucking a beer yeah. can at some woman. That's just every day at Putin Bay. See, I've never been to Putin Bay. God. I don't think I can deal with that kind of shit. Well, that's, yeah, I'm like, uh, to me, it's just the ferry ride. Again, yeah. do you want to go? Pony up the money. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's what people, these places Maybe are Maybe we doing. need to look at an alternative at this rate. Maybe we should just go to Waldemir. <laughs> Well, no, I'm going. I mean, we have th- we do have three free Cedar Point tickets, yeah. so we are going to Cedar Point. Yeah. Now we'll have to talk about those plans and yeah. any of the other plans. But uh, yeah, you guys don't need to hear those on air. No, um, we don't need you following us, guys. Yeah. We want you to follow us on Facebook and Instagram and Threads, TikTok, YouTube, Twitch. We're back. So, all right. Well, if you do all of those things, you will know. You'll figure out pretty soon what's coming next week. But uh, until then, silencio.